0: Now time for Chilling with Quillen on ESPN Central Texas. Oh, man, it is Chilling with Quillen time. And uh, Aaron is really do, having to do some high-level producing to bring Curtis Quillin on with me right now. Um, but I am kind of making my way around town, and I'll be over there to uh, to visit with uh, Dave Miranda and hopefully join um chilling with Quillen cool in person here in a little while but uh Curtis if you can hear me uh I am curious at uh I I have been kind of watching the weather to see what they would be able to do did you get to uh experience any of the open portion of the uh, the Baylor's first spring football practice
1: I did I did where they're just now uh whisking us off the practice field but Um, you know for a first spring practice kind of what you would expect a little bit slower a lot more uh, learning with a new coordinator on the defensive side of the ball um, but you know the the weather did not keep them off of the grass which is good news for us given all the construction on uh, on that part of the campus
0: all right well I hope you uh I hope you get some good footage and uh and and I'm uh you're probably as if I know you trying to shoot as you visit with me. So uh feel free to if you have to say, Hey Mosley, I need to film something, just just tell me that. And I you know me, I can keep talking while you're doing that. But um I I think everybody's curious and the big the big headline in this uh and a lot of times it's quarterback, but uh especially given the way things went last season with Blake Chapin and then Sawyer Robertson Uh, coming in in the transfer portal that's going to be a a huge storyline with this team did you get to uh, Curtis put your eyes on young Sawyer and uh, the kid out of uh, Lubbock Coronado High School by way of Mississippi State Uh, did you what did uh, what could you make of uh, what he was doing out there
1: I mean, they were going through drills while we were while it was open. They're going into more, you know, team-oriented stuff at the moment. And I don't know that calling it team, the team period is right. Uh, but they had, you know, and it looked like it was Luke Anthony out there with, with Blake and with Sawyer. And so um, it was, I mean, it was what you would expect. They all look comfortable, uh, you know, running through individual drills, and uh, which is a good sign. Sometimes you see guys come into a new system and they're a little timid that first day. Uh, and that wasn't the case with Sawyer Robertson, but it also didn't look like Blake Shapin was timid with fear that he might lose his job, uh, which is another positive, I think. And so that's, I mean, these open, you know, as well as I do, Matt. These these open periods of these practices that they let us shoot aren't the most telling for what's going to come through the rest of spring ball or through the 2023 season, uh, but that they can give you, you know, that you you can spot red flags easier than you can spot. Um, positive, not 100%, but then you can spot, like, key indicators. And so uh, no, nothing that stuck out about Sawyer or Blake or anybody in that quarterback room to me during the 20 minutes that we were able to see. Um, the biggest thing that stuck out to me, and I know that you talk about, like, the biggest storyline sometimes are quarterbacks and that that might be the case with the team, the, the team this year. The biggest thing that stuck out to me is the drastic difference in Matt Powledge from two years ago when he was last in Waco to now. Uh, this is a guy who, uh, in one year as the co-DC up at Oregon, you look at him now. He's so comfortable leading that defensive unit, uh, and that stuck out to me a little bit during special teams at the start of practice today.
0: Ooh, I like that. I like it when you kind of you kind of look over there, and one of these coaches, you know, picks up and of course uh, Christian. Robinson, I'm trying to think of some of these coaches that that I've gotten a visit with here recently. They've got a new running backs coach. They've got a new outside linebackers coach. Um, It it, it is going to be interesting (laughs) to see how they integrate these new defensive coaches, but I do love that. Uh, Curtis Quillen out there from channel six putting kind of watching the coaching and watching Pallage. So kind of what you saw, it sounds like, is a guy just completely taking charge and feeling very comfortable. And again, uh, Curtis, that is a big storyline too. The fact that David, Dave Aranda fired, uh, his mentor and, and, and close friend. Uh, and, and that, you know, and, and of course he's at Auburn now, Ron Roberts, that, to bring in a younger person. And the, the thought was someone that may connect with the players better. Um, so I, I find that very interesting. But I think uh, all of those defensive coaches, uh, Curtis, that'll be that'll be part of the story is seeing how everybody fits in and how the players respond to them. Because that was a uh, that was a big and it, it seemingly, um, I, we knew Baylor needed to do some season, but um, that, that was interesting what happened. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear Palage is kind of out there uh, uh, running the show and, and, uh, and, and showing some fire.
1: And he took command in a very vocal way that I don't know. And this isn't a knock on Ron Roberts. I mean, we only see 20 minutes of practice at a time, Uh, but he took command of that defensive unit in a way that early in practice that I don't remember seeing from Ron Roberts. That's not to say he didn't do it. And that's not to say he was a bad coach, but he was very vocal. Unlike what I've seen in the past few years. And so that's a positive thing. Like you said, Um, again, not much you can glean from spring football practice that isn't bad. And so, no red flags to me so far. And so I would consider that a positive note if you're a Baylor fan.
0: Yeah, I think so. Curtis Quillen out there attending that first practice today and, and kind of monitoring things, you know, uh, Curtis, I think one, um, from channel six sports director, of course, uh, one thing that's going to be interesting is, you know, from a defensive line standpoint, I was looking at some of the names and, um, you know with with Bryce and Jackson you know at linebacker you have some familiar names coming back Matt Jones will probably become uh, a leader TJ Franklin <laughs> Gabe Hall Cooper Lands but on the other side one of the things that we thought was going to be a huge reason for the Bears being good last year was a uh, was an experienced and excellent you know o-line group well a lot of those guys are gone now in fact, uh, almost, I mean, you, you lost kind of starters all across the board there. What, right. do, you, what do you kind of sense from the people you talked to and then even kind of looking out there and seeing, of course, Micah transferred out. I think he's at the University of Florida now, and that was a guy who would started some and, and could have really helped the Bears. I think that was a tough loss. What are you kind of hearing and, 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 and thinking about this, this O-line this season?
1: I think it's a big spring. Um, I think that this might – that might be the unit to talk about and to watch in spring ball. Look, quarterback is quarterback. Yeah, every that That's going to be the one that gets all the clicks. That's going to be uh, the one that everybody talks about. But at the end of the day, the most important position battles, you, you said it, the offensive line this spring. Uh, the run game was inconsistent at best in 2022, which was really disappointing because of how good it was in 2021. And part of that is you lose 2,000-yard rushers uh, from that Sugar Bowl team, that Big 12 championship team in 2021. And so, you know, you take some of that and you put it on graduation. But there's just, there, were, there was too much inconsistency up front on offense. And so, um, you know, Jeff Grimes has an O-line and tight end background, played tight end in college. And so I don't think it's going to be something that plagues him two years in a row. The inexperience is a, is a concern. Um, but that's what spring ball is for. That's what fall camp is for. You've got six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks of practice before you ever play a team in a different jersey. And so um, I think that that's going to be a, a huge position to watch in spring ball. Um, but that said, like, you know, you've got three weeks and three scrimmages here in the spring to be able to do something. And then you've got a few more weeks in the fall before you, you suit up and you face uh, who's the opener this year, Long Island? And so – um, just some, or maybe Texas State, but you get you get the point that that is going to be something that's important. That's going to be a, a major position for Jeff Grimes to have his hand on during the during camp because I mean that's going to be what shapes what how successful this Baylor team is in 2023. All right,
0: and uh, lastly for you, I, um, I I tell you, you know, hated to see the uh, the Bears season come to an end, both of them. Uh, one on Sunday, one on Monday, but we'll react to the one that just happened. Curtis, that was uh, I, I I think Baylor fans of the women's program um, I, I think you have to feel pretty good about the way that team battled and while it was a down season in the context of where they've been in the past uh, well, it was a way down season compared to that, but to go into enemy territory against UConn with so much length and, and so much greatness, of course, in that program, and to basically be, I mean, right there in the game until late in the third quarter, I, I kind of think the women's program um, has a lot to be excited about moving forward after watching that last night.
1: I think you're spot on. I think that was the exact step they needed and, and one to show that, Get, uh, show the fans, give Nikki Collins some time. Uh, this is a, you know, Yukon's no slouch. I mean, even as a two seed, okay, yeah, UConn's. No, UConn has made the final four, what, 14 straight times. Uh, this is a really good UConn team. And when you look at the way that Baylor ended the game against Alabama in the round of 64 and the way it, it, it played last night in that round of 32 against UConn, uh, I think if you're Baylor, you've got to feel good about what Nikki Collins got cooking there. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with the the coaching staff underneath her during the off season. Um, because, you know, coaching contracts are, what, two, three years for an assistant job. And so you're, you're through year two. What happens with your staff at this point? And so you got to feel good about what you got cooking there. Uh, you get Asia, or, uh, Asia Blackwell back in the next season, hopefully healthy. You get Drayana <laughs> Edwards eligible after the transfer. Uh, and hope, and you just hope that everybody can stay healthy through summer and into the fall and then into work and then into practice in late September, early October. And so you took the steps you needed to the NCAA tournament from a developmental standpoint. As a fan, it's always going to be tough when the program is not at the bar that you expect it to be at. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be a long-term thing. I don't know whether it is or not, but I saw needed steps and I saw what should be comforting for Baylor fans for the future of its women's basketball program last night.
0: Well, and given the fact that Texas got blown off its own court and no other Big 12 team made it to the Sweet 16, no teams made it, um, this could be as wide open as ever next year. And so given what you said, getting two major players back, getting another freshman addition, a big girl uh, in here, and getting some more length and hopefully shot blocking, and then uh, the development of bugs. Uh, you know, as, as well as Fauntleroy, this could be a lot of fun. Okay. I look forward to seeing you in, in just a few minutes. I don't know. Are you hustling back to be in the uh, studio or are you going to, are you going to still be over there to visit with uh, Dave?
1: I'll be here to visit with Dave. I'm anchoring from up here at the practice facility. Uh, We're rolling to, you know how we do it here at six news, Matt, we roll deep at at the important stuff. Uh, And so uh, lively and I'll both be both, both be here to talk to Dave later.
0: Boy, t- you and Matt in one place—that is a lot of uh, star attraction. So uh, that'll be uh, that'll be great to to see you over there. And boy, if I'd known I'd see the lively, I was going to see lively. I would have dressed up a little more. But uh, I'll uh, I'll see you in a few minutes, okay, Curtis?
1: Sounds good, Matt. I'll see you in a bit.
0: Okay, Curtis Quillin, chilling with Quillin. He's live. That's the uh, report. He's Channel Six. They're doing live reports, but. First of all, he needed to do some live radio reporting and uh, giving us some thoughts. I like what he said about Matt Pallage, the new defensive coordinator over there for the Bears, really uh, uh, being uh, pretty forceful and taking control of things uh, early in these practices. And so we will uh, we don't want to read too much into it, but it is the first day. It's a lot of fun, and I love seeing all the footage. And uh, you, can, you can look at Quillen and Matt Lively's uh, uh, Twitter feeds to find out more about what's going on over there at Baylor Spring Practice. Okay, it is time for something we call Campus Confidential. That is next.